0: Hey church family, welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I wanna thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, I wanna invite you to pause the broadcast and visit cfmiami.org connect to fill out a connection card. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during the season. And now, a special message by our very own Pastor Carlos Cardenas.
1: Here's what the Bible says, we are there for Christ, what's that next word? ambassadors, say it loud and clear, ambassadors, ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. I'm going to invite you to have a seat now. You know, growing up as a child, uh, one of the first sports that I learned to play was the sport of soccer. In fact, how many of you here today, show of hands, love soccer? You watch soccer? Yeah, make some noise, soccer fans. And One of the reasons why I learned to play soccer at a very young age is primarily because of my dad. In fact, here's a picture of my father and I with our Colombian jerseys, Colombian soccer jerseys. It was my dad's birthday yesterday, by the way. It was my father's birthday, yeah. My parents, just to tell you a little bit of my heritage, my parents are from Colombia. No, not Columbia, South Carolina, but Columbia, South America. And if you ever go, yeah, any Colombians in here? Yeah. More than I thought. If you ever go to that country, the moment that you step foot into that country, everyone is playing soccer. Right there in, this, in the neighborhood, community, parks, everywhere you go, there's always someone with a soccer ball so at a young age i learned how to play this sport and folks every four years my passion for the sport of soccer elevates and here's why because every four years we have the world cup where the 32 best countries in soccer play against each other to become the kings of soccer and so a couple months ago we were celebrating the 2018 World Cup and every single time that Columbia played I always came out with my soccer jersey so every time they would play when it was game day I would put it on and I would come to work someone would always make a remark in fact I'm going to give you this jersey out here you go my Colombian jersey and so someone would always make a comment and one of the times that they were playing I was in my office and I was trying to do some work but folks part of my mind was in that soccer game and so I kept on checking my Twitter feed and my ESPN app and so it came a point around lunchtime that I snuck out of my office and I went into one of the offices upstairs and there was like a little mini watch party and the moment that I went inside that room Columbia had just scored a go. Now I'm a very passionate person but when it comes to sports, when I'm watching UM or the Dolphins or I'm watching soccer, I get really passionate. In fact, take a look at this video right now. It's me right there with the jersey yes! on. Yes! Yes! Oh <laughs> I am taking a video of myself getting excited while wow, someone else is taking a video of me, Jeannie from Miami Springs, that's hilarious. But you know, I had so much enthusiasm and so much passion and energy because those 11 men on the soccer field, they represented much more than a sport. They represented much more than a uniform. They represented much more than a team. They represented an entire nation and they represented... Part of my heritage. In fact, you can say those 11 men, they were like ambassadors for the country of Colombia. Now, I want to take that story and bring it to our teaching for today. Because just like those 11 men were ambassadors of an earthly nation, we too, as followers of Christ, we are ambassadors but not of an earthly nation, but rather of a heavenly kingdom. The moment that you give your life to Christ, you become an ambassador of a heavenly kingdom. And with that in mind, here's our proposition for today. Here's our big takeaway for today. God has called you, he's called me, he's called us to be his ambassador. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor Carlos, how exactly do I become an ambassador of Christ? And what is it that God is expecting me to do as his ambassador? Well, we're going to find out today as we navigate through this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. And if you have your listening guides, if you can just wave them at me, Miami Springs campus, if you're watching us online, we love to take notes. So I want to encourage you to take some notes today. Here's the first point that I want you to write down today. Every Christian is an ambassador of Christ. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Now, whenever you read the Bible, whenever you read God's word, and you see this word therefore, you need to ask yourself, why is it therefore? And a couple of verses before verse 20, 2 Corinthians 5:17, the apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth, inspired by God, and he writes to all of us the following: if anyone is in what? Christ, Christ say it with me, is in Christ. Christ. The new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. In other words, What Paul is saying is that the moment that you give your life to Jesus Christ, the moment that you trust him as your Lord and Savior, the moment that you surrender your life completely to God, at that very moment, you are a new creation. The old has gone. You're not who you used to be. You are a new person in Christ. And in light of that, therefore, you are now an ambassador of God. Not some of us, not a few of us, not a selection, but rather every single person that is a new creation, they are now ambassadors of God. And as ambassadors, we carry a message. In fact, I want you to write this down as point number two. An ambassador is entrusted with a message of reconciliation. Yeah. In fact, here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5:18 and I want to put it up on the TV. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. Next verse, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Be reconciled to God. Now, in those three short verses, the Apostle Paul, inspired by God, would use the word reconciliation, or a form of that word, five different times. Why would Paul use the word reconciliation so many times in such a short passage? Here's why. Because in order for us to be effective ambassadors, we need to fully understand the message that we have been entrusted with which is a message of reconciliation. In fact, if you're taking notes, right there in your Bible, I want you to circle that word reconciliation, underline it, highlight it, because that word reconciliation in the Greek is the word katalosso. We've told you many times that the New Testament was first written in Koine Greek and then translated into other languages. And the word katalosso means to bring to return to favor in other words, it means restoring a relationship that always belongs, restoring a relationship that always belonged. You and I, we always belonged to God Almighty. We were meant to be with him forever, but because of sin, it has created distance, it destroyed the relationship between us and God. You know, I've told you many times that my wife and I, we've been married for six years, and we actually met here at Christ Fellowship about nine years ago in a small group, true story. So if you're not in a small group and you're single, hey, you may find your future spouse in a small group. You never know. So we started dating about two and a half years before we got married. In fact, here's a picture of us when we first started dating. We were little young guns, right? In our early 20s, that's before I had the white hair because of my children and all that stuff. and So we were young, and she's going to kill me because I'm going to share this story with you guys. But when we started dating, uh, things were going well, but just like every relationship, you have your rough moments. And so we went through a rough patch in our relationship where Shawnee decides to tell me, hey, you know what? I, I feel like our relationship is becoming a distraction. And all I thought was distraction, all I feel is an attraction, what are you talking about distraction, <laughs> I feel attracted to you, and so at that moment, she takes a break with me, and I, I felt that we were going to get back together, so she takes a break with me, and I was devastated, sad, and lonely, but I knew that we belong together, I knew that Shawnee would eventually become the, my future wife and the mother of my future children, so what did I do? I'm going to go on this little reconciliation tour, and I'm going to do everything to bring her back to me. And so she used to work here at Christ Fellowship. She was one of our kids' directors, and her office was upstairs out in the kids' ministry. Guess what I did? I found out I did, had any excuse that I can come across to go to that area, I would do it. So if I had to take coffee, I would take coffee, I would go by there, I would bring water, and and then when she wasn't in her office, I would give her little notes and little happy faces, text her some Bible verses, encouraging verses. I was doing everything I can to reconcile things between Shawnee and I. And thank God we went on a date, and now after six years, we've been married, so things went really well, right? Praise God. And we have three beautiful children But here's what I want you to understand, that in a much greater way, God Almighty, the creator of the universe, who created you and I, loved us so much that he came down to this earth, died on the cross, and resurrected from the grave to reconcile us to himself. That is the God that we serve. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down as point A. God reconciles people to himself. We're not reconciled to God by being a morally good person, by doing good deeds, by signing up to a religion, by coming to church. The only way that we are reconciled to God Almighty is through Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. In fact, not only does God reconcile people to himself, God reconciles the universe to himself. Point B, God reconciles the universe to himself. Look at what 2 Corinthians 5:19 says. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Now, I want to give you a little theological nugget that maybe you can miss when you just read that verse. Because the word world in the Greek, there are two words to describe that word. And there's ethnos, it's where we get the word ethnicity from, and that means people groups, it means us. And then there's the word cosmos, it's where we get the word cosmos from. from. And it represents the universe, the galaxies, the planets, the stars the moon the sun folks in this verse 2 Corinthians 5:19 the word that the apostle Paul uses in the greek is the word cosmos which means god is not only reconciling people to himself he's reconciling the entire universe to himself in fact the bible says in romans 8 verse 22 We know that the whole creation meaning universe has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth birth rights up to the present time Now when you read that verse you may be thinking Pastor Carlos what exactly does that mean What does it mean that creation that the universe is groaning like childbirth pains What it means is that as beautiful and majestic as our entire universe is, the stars, when we look at them, the sun, the moon, the skies, the oceans, the waters, the mountains, there is pain and frustration throughout the universe. And it is eagerly waiting for the God who created everything out of nothing to reconcile it in fact we study in Revelation that he will create a new heaven and a new earth Colossians 1 says that he will reconcile all visible and invisible things so the message of reconciliation is that God will reconcile people to himself and eventually he will reconcile the universe and that is the message That we have been entrusted with. In fact, I want you to write this down as your next point. Ambassadors represent Christ everywhere they go. 2 Corinthians 5.18. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. An ambassador for a country gets a message from a higher official, from a president, from a ruler, from a king, he's given that message and he goes into that foreign nation and delivers that message. He's not from that country, but he is in that country and he is a a representative of that higher official. In the same way, God Almighty the creator of the universe has given us the message of reconciliation. And everywhere we go, every single moment, every single day, we represent God. We are his ambassadors. In other words, a Monday morning, when you wake up and you get inside your car and you get on the Palmetto... And there's so much traffic, and you can't find your Waze app, and so you're stuck. And then someone cuts you off. Hopefully, they don't have a Christ Fellowship bumper sticker on. Hopefully, it's not you cutting the person off. And you want to say something, or you want to show them some jewelry. Remember, you are an ambassador of the almighty God, and wherever you go, you represent Jesus. When you go to work, and that person that sits next to you in that cubicle, God has strategically positioned you there to be an ambassador of God. you're a high school or middle school student, and you go to class, And you're dealing with that kid that is having identity issues and going through so many different emotional dysfunctions in life. Remember, you are there as an ambassador and you have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. The greatest message that anyone could ever have at your business with your coworkers, with your customers, with your employees, every single person you encounter, you are an ambassador of God. A couple of weeks ago, I was having lunch with one of our volunteers, and he actually serves in our street team on Saturday nights. He leads our street team, and his name is Claude. There's actually a picture of him. This is, uh, this is Claude to this side right here, and then that's his father, and they own a company uh, called Reef Tropical. And they have over 100 employees and I was having lunch with Claude and I was just talking to him and he's like, you know, I love what I do and I love that I get to lead people. But I understand that ultimately God has given me this platform to be his ambassador. So about once a month at his job, they have these backpacking events where they prepare these book bags and they distribute them uh, to under-resourced children all over Florida City and Homestead. He shares his faith with his employees. They pray together just about every day. When they have these leadership talks, he talks to them about Jesus whenever he has the opportunity. Not only that, Claude is part of CrossFit, and there in his CrossFit gym, they started this ministry called Faith RX. Yeah, some, so, yeah, some, some, someone's from Faith RX. Excited. And, you know, they do this about once a month after they work out and they're exhausted. He gets up on a platform and he begins to preach the gospel of Christ. Why? Because he is an ambassador called to represent God wherever you go. Ambassadors represent Christ. Here's your next point that I want you to write down. Represent Christ by speaking. Say it with me, speaking. speaking. Say it with me, speaking. 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 The message, look at what 2 Corinthians 5.20 says in that same passage, we are therefore Christ ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Amen. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle or underline the word appeal. Circle that word because that word appeal in the Greek is the word parakaleo, which means to speak on behalf of someone. Now, there's a very well known quote that is used in our Christian circles today that says the following Preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Many have attributed St. Francis, uh, he lived in the 12th century, that has, he said that, but they're not sure who really said that quote. And that is partially true. Because the meaning behind that quote is that as believers, we should live out the gospel. We should do good works. We should serve our community. We should be compassionate. We should be loving, forgiving. We should do all those things. However, the gospel message is one that needs to be communicated. It is a proclamation, which is why Romans 10 14 says, how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? It doesn't say the one they've not seen. The one they've lived out the gospel. It says the one they've not heard. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? It is a message that must be communicated. You know, last weekend, Pastor Omar did such a great job about positioning ourselves for God to do the work in our lives, and he talked about the different environments here at Christ Fellowship. He talked about the importance of coming to church on the weekend, connecting to the weekend service, and the importance of joining a small group, and the importance of serving in one of the ministry teams. And lastly, he briefly shared, because we're, we're preaching on that today, this weekend, is about sharing your faith. And you know, as we look through these four different environments, oftentimes we could get so excited about coming to church. Oh, we're gonna sing songs and we're gonna hear some great worship and watch some great videos and then hear a message from Pastor Rick and we get so excited about the weekend service and we love our small group. The dinner time, we dive into God's word, the theology that we learn. We sharpen each other. We get to have a good time, fellowship, community. And we love serving in a ministry because we use the gifts that God has bestowed upon our lives to be able to serve others. And we are developed as leaders and we love serving in a ministry. But when it comes to sharing your faith, oh, a struggle is real. In fact, tell the person next to you, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Hey, I get it. I'm a pastor. I, it's hard for me too. But sometimes we focus on these things and neglect sharing our faith. And oftentimes the one that we neglect the most is the one that God uses the most. And makes the greatest impact. You know, if you struggle with this, every Christian struggles with this. In fact, here are some of the stats that are very staggering of how little we share our faith. Did you know that only 15% of professing Christians have ever shared their faith with anyone? Meaning, 85% of followers of Jesus, of Christians, have never shared their faith, 85%. Did you know that only 7% of professing Christians share their faith on a regular basis, less than 10%. Lastly, if every Christian in the world shared their faith with just 11 people that were not already Christians, the whole world would hear the gospel. The whole world would hear the gospel. From all these environments, this is the one that gets neglected the most. Why? Why is it that we struggle with sharing our faith? I'm going to give you three three quick points. One of the reasons why is because we lack the knowledge. And God wants us to speak with knowledge. Look at what the Bible says in Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed from lack of what? Say it loud and clear. Of what? Knowledge. knowledge in God. When you don't have the knowledge about something, it is harder, it's more difficult for you to have the confidence to speak up, to say anything. Let me give you an example. Here at Christ Fellowship, one of the, we have so many different ministry teams and we have our CF Kids ministry team. In fact, I want to give them a quick shout out to all of our volunteers and leaders and CF Kids. They do such an amazing job. And when I meet with our CF Kids team, there's so much programming and systems and all these little details that I have very little knowledge of. And so sometimes it is a little difficult for me to speak up because I don't have the confidence, because I don't have the knowledge. So I trust the leadership of who? Of Steph and Gabby, Carissa, Michael, Vera, Miss Iceland, all these incredible directors that have the knowledge. But when I meet with our worship team, and I used to serve at the West Kendall campus in the worship team, and I played piano for, for many years. And so when I meet with Johnny and Chad and Becky and some of the worship leaders, I am more confident to speak up about that. And I can tell them, hey, here's the chords that we need to play or here's kind of the feel. In fact, can I give you a quick visual of what that looks like? Can I give you a quick visual? Yeah, church family. So when I meet with the worship team, I could tell them, hey, this is a G chord, right? This is G chord. This is a C and D. And this is an E flat. By the way, I do not sing at all, so I'm not, I'm not going to sing. So, so this is an F. And I can tell them, hey, j- just give me a G and give me that feel that you, you give and, and, you know, with the drums and the bass and, and the hi-hat and the kick and then bring the bass in. And I can tell them be- because I used to play keyboard. And I have the knowledge of that. And sometimes we have the knowledge of so many insignificant things. When is the next iPhone going to be released? All the deals on Groupon and Living Social and Target and Retail Me Not. And we know the latest thing on social media, the Kiki Challenge. We know how to do it and all these hard things and coming out of your cars and all this stuff. And we have the knowledge of all these insignificant things. But when it comes to the most important thing, the message of reconciliation, sometimes we lack the knowledge. And God is saying, I want you to grow in the knowledge of God. But here's what I love about our church, because sometimes... Us preachers, we can give you the theology about something but not give you practical tools. We want to equip you. We want to train you. And so we have these gospel cards right there in your worship folder. Very simple. It is the message of reconciliation. The message, if you're watching us online, that gospel card, it walks you through on how to share your faith and be an ambassador of Christ. You can study this card You can read it. You can learn it. You can give it to someone. You can pray over it. But who is that person that you need to tell about Jesus Christ? Speak the message with knowledge. Here's the next point that I want you to write down today. Speak with wisdom. Speak with wisdom. Knowledge is knowing something. It's having the information Knowledge is knowing the Bible verses, knowing God's word. Wisdom is how you apply your knowledge. Sometimes we need to stay quiet on social media. Sometimes we need to delete that comment. Maybe that retweet is going to offend someone. God has not called us to make a point. He's called us to make a difference. And so speak the message with wisdom. Here's the last point. Speak with boldness. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. For God gave us a spirit, not of what? Not of what? But of power. Say with me, power. Power. Say with some power. Tell the person next to you, gave you a spirit of power. power, power. The other person next to you, he gave you a spirit of power. Here's what 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, and I'm almost wrapping up. As though God were making his appeal through us. In other words, what that Bible verse tells us, it is God that speaks on behalf of us. That should be so comforting for us because it's not us speaking, but God speaking through us. So our job is to be obedient to the will of God. Our job is to take a step of faith and to be his ambassador so that God could speak in us and through us. I want to finish with this story. Many of you may have heard of this very, really well-known football player. He played for the... University of Florida. His name is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Many have heard of him. I'm sure that there's some Gator fans in the room. I'm a huge UM fan, and they play today. It was a little hard for me to share this illustration, but you know, I worked through my flesh, and I got in the spirit. So, well, here's what I love about Tim Tebow, because not only is he an ambassador a representative of a school, of a university, of a football team. Ultimately, he understands that he's an ambassador of God. And so in football, there's a tradition that usually uh, the guys would wear these black lines underneath their eyes, and they're called black eyes. The reason why football players do this is to block some of the lighting. It helps with the lighting in the stadium. And, uh, and, And it's really a custom for football players to write something significant under those lines. For example, a name of your mom or the name of your girlfriend or a child or someone that passed away. So Tim Tebow, knowing that he's an ambassador of God, he started writing Philippians 4.13. And so Philippians would not fit, so he would write Phil 4.13. Every time he would go out in the field, he started playing and it, would, it said Philippians 4.13. And this got pretty viral in the campus of the University of Florida. And some people started wearing this Philippians 4.13. Even people that were not Christians. They had no idea what it meant. True story. Some guy that named Phil said, hey, did you write that for me? It's like, no, that's a Bible verse. <laughs> guy named Phil. True story. So, and so in 2009, the University of Florida would go on to play in the national title. The national championship game. Tim Tebow knowing that he was going to be in front of millions of people because millions of people were going to watch that game, he started praying to God, God, I'm an ambassador. What is the message that you want me to communicate? So right before the game, he decides to do the following. In fact, take a look at this video.
0: Our last practice for a national championship. Say, hey, Coach Meyer, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, yeah, how you feeling? Your arm good, leg good, you ready for the game? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, you know the verse I wear in my city? He's like, yeah, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ's strength to me. I love it. I was like, well, I'm going to change that verse tomorrow night. What? What are you talking about? You can't change that verse. That verse got us here. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> it didn't he get us here. So after a couple minutes of explaining it to him, he totally was supportive and understood. And... Honestly, after that, I didn't re- even really think about it. I just went out there and tried to win the championship game. We were blessed to win, and two days later, I was at Ballyhoo restaurant in Gainesville, Florida with me, my mom, my dad, my aunt, and um, Coach Meyer, and probably some of you have been to Ballyhoo. And I was just sitting there eating a grouper, and um, Coach Meyer gets a call, and he's like, uh-huh, 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 all right, bye. And I was like, who was that? He said, that was Steve McLean, here's our PR guy at Florida. So what do you have to say? He said, did you know that during that game, 94 million people Googled John 3.16.
1: 94 million people Googled John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who shall ever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. 94 million people Googled that verse, the message of reconciliation. Why? Because a college football player said, I am an ambassador. I don't represent just a school. I don't represent just a sport. I don't represent just a team. I represent God Almighty, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. He said, I'm going to represent you, Jesus. 94 billion people. Because one young man took a step of faith. And God did what only God can do. Because sometimes we get in the way of God. But if we were to say, God, you speak through me. I don't know what to say, but just give me the boneness. Just give me the wisdom. God, speak in me and through me, and you're going to do what only you can do because I'm your ambassador. So here is my challenge for you today. You have this card. Who is it that you are going to tell about Jesus? Who is that person that comes into your mind right now? That's the person that you need to talk to about Jesus Christ. God, I'm your ambassador. Here I am, use me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you, God Almighty, for your mercy, for your joy and forgiveness. Thank you, God, that you've given us the message of reconciliation, Lord. Use us this week to carry this message, Lord. Give us the boldness, the wisdom, the knowledge, God. We love you and we thank you, God. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, Pastor Carlos, I can't be an ambassador because I've never received that message. I've never given my life to Christ. Maybe you're far away from God. You say, God doesn't love me. He can't forgive me. My friend, I want to remind you today that God's grace is always sufficient to forgive us from our past, present, and future sins. And You have an opportunity today to say, Jesus, be my everything. If you're making that decision, Right there where you are, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. You can pray the same exact words or you can pray something similar. Father God, I come before you. I recognize that I am a sinner in need of saving. Jesus, I believe that you died, you were buried, and you resurrected from the grave. Today, I repent from my sins, and I run to you, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my best friend. Thank you, God, for your saving grace. From this day forward, I am an ambassador of yours. It's in your holy and precious name, I pray amen and amen Christ Fellowship if you're excited for those that said that prayer why don't we give it up to them
0: what a great message by Pastor Carlos Cardenas if you decided to take your next step as a believer we want to hear about it let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect we want to thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time